Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome to Modern Day Debate. My name is Carissa and I'm going to be the host and mod today. Uh, We're really excited about today's debate. It is on theism and whether or not it is true. So theism on trial, super interesting uh, debate. Everyone here um, who are debating are really cool people. So we're really excited to have them on. Thank you all for tuning in. If you do like debates, be sure to subscribe to the channel. We have a lot of debates coming up. Um, So um, I'm going to actually let our debaters introduce themselves. Um, If you do like any or all of the debaters, their links are going to be in the description below. So you can definitely check out more of their content. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves and tell you a little bit about their content. Uh, Maddox, I'll go ahead and start start with you. What would people be able to find at your link? Oh, what's up, Chris? I appreciate you hosting a, another debate. Hopefully this one will uh, go well. We'll see. Um, so my channel's uh, called Logical, Plausible, Probable. I'm all about uh, f- applying those principles to conclusions we reach about existence, science, and just facets of life. Um, primarily focus on the stupidity of atheism and, in this context tonight, agnosticism and uh, evolutionary theory, things of that nature that don't actually uh, reach rational conclusions if you go beyond the surface level talking points. Uh, that are accepted by so many. All right, sounds good. Stratelities, what will people be able to find at your link? Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, You will find things about philosophy, pop culture, occasionally political theory, and theism. I, um, yeah, that's me. Very cool. All right, ask yourself, what will people be able to find at your link? Oh, um, eh, there's a lot of content on there about ethics, veganism, uh, debates, analyses, stuff like that. Very cool. And last but not least, Troy, what will people be able to find at your link? He has a link. I'm not sure what link you have. I'm I'm mostly on Discord, though. Um, people can find me there. <laughs> but I like talking about all sorts of philosophical issues, including religion, but anything else as well. It is worth noting, though, that you can look up Detroyer's name and find some good <laughs> debates of him just annihilating people, like um, Jay Dyer, for example. Oh, man, that sounds good. So definitely go check that out. Um, so the format of tonight's debate is going to be 15-minute um, openings for each team, followed up by an hour of open discussion and 30 minutes of question and answer. So if you have a question, make sure to shoot it into the super chat so you will get a guaranteed read. Um, and without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let Maddox, I think, wanted to go ahead and kick his team off. Uh, you can go for it. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen of the debate jury for this trial, tonight you were supposedly going to be witnessing 
two hours of theism on trial, but apparently my opponents don't actually want to do that. They just want to uh, pick holes in things. And I find this horribly ironic um, since, you know, there's, I thought they were going to be the prosecutors, but they, and they don't even know what they believe. So how do they even have standing to uh, be in this case and put us in the role of defense counsel? You know, in any court of law, you would be required at a minimum to pre present a preponderance of evidence, if not go all the way to beyond reasonable doubt, um, but somehow in the mental quicksand that is the state of an agnostic mind, uh, their inability to reach conclusions based on their own research and analysis is somehow considered a positive rather than indicative either of their cowardice in regards to questions of existence or lack of the cognitive capacity to actually find conclusions. Now, all this posturing and the desperate attempts to cling to some other outlier hypothetical explanation is nothing but an endeavor to accomplish the ultimate objective of all atheists and agnostics which is to show sow seeds of doubt and project their own rejection of absolute truth onto others to show you this you must consider what they will likely deny as reasonable evidence for god so you know our universe had a beginning this is accepted all evidence shows anything which is material requires an external causation in order for the effect to be achieved Therefore, it is reasonable to conclude that an external cause was required for the universe to come into being. Nothing about this point requires anything but logical thought and analysis of what is ex accepted to be true in all cases except the one which has the most relevance. How do we exist? The irony of this point is that our opponents love to use this conclusion to supposedly prove that Christians just believe in, and theists just believe in magic and fairy tales which is humorous given the fact if there is no independent agent outside of space and time, then they ultimately must believe that we poofed into existence with no cause. Well, isn't that rather magical? This leads to the fine tuning of the universal constants, which all must be in perfect alignment or the universe will implode or explode, not achieve the perfect rate of expansion, which enables it and therefore life to exist. But uh, before we go further on that, let's just quickly look at what I would consider a macro view of you know, additional reasonable arguments with emphasis on the plurality of those available rather than the singularity and contemplate if when, we, when looked at from the macro level, they present a powerful and rational case for the existence of atheistic God. First, we have the cosmological arguments, which I was just uh, uh, diving into. Second, we have the teleological argument. Then we have to face the ontological argument, then the contingency argument, then we have the fine-tuning argument, then we have the moral argument, and finally we have the argument of moral authority. Now these are just to, to name a few of the very substantive arguments that have been developed over the centuries, and this is all before the gigantic issues which have arisen over the last 50 years in relation to abiogenesis and the dramatic need for intelligent agency prior to the existence of life as we know it. Now, each of these concepts is worthy of its own debate, but ironically, in thousands of debates, hundreds of books, and who knows how many papers and individual conversations on these arguments, in almost every case, they end with agnostics claiming, I don't know if this is 100% true. You can't prove it is 100% true. Therefore, I think you are 100% wrong. So let's go back into um, you know, fine-tuning. Let's address like the fine-tuning of our solar system, for example. Well, they argue that the universe is so big, there must be other planets like Earth then completely ignore that without the other planets in our solar system, with our specific orbits and specific mass, it is admitted by scientists that Earth would not be able to sustain life. This is worth before accounting for the fact that our sun must be, in a specific, must be a specific type of star of a specific size and predict a specific level of and type of radiation where life cannot exist. This means that just as the word describes, our solar system is just that, a system. 
without the different parts working in synchronicity, we cannot exist. But now before addressing our planet itself, we must also remember that our perfectly balanced solar system must also be in a specific location in a specific type of galaxy or life cannot exist. Not only that, without this perfect location, we would not be able to observe the rest of the cosmos in the way that we do. And as if this was not enough, the technology which enables us to observe these things must exist at a specific time in the expansion of the universe in order for us to even observe it. To me, these layers of specificity destroy all explanations which deny the existence of God. Now, this leads me to a simple question for the audience and for my opponents. And that is, how does life exist without an intelligent designer not limited by the constraints of the universe? If I asked you about the source requirements for any piece of technology that contains coding, logic gates, programming, nanomachines, and exhibits temporal controls which defy simple cause and effect outcomes, and insist they come into being without an intelligent agent being required, would you think I was exhibiting rational thought or could even be taken seriously? I think not. How then, given we know, we know that all those elements are fundamental requirements for life to exist, is it considered unreasonable to conclude that a creator must exist? I suggest that it is neither logical, plausible, or probable for us to even be able to have this debate without the exquisite design of our bodies and profound abilities enabled through our minds to consider these questions, and that a worldview without a theistic God as their source requires a suspension of rational thought. But no, our opponents will do nothing but claim none of these prove God's existence individually. Therefore, none of them should be considered from a macro view. The denial of God's existence being both the obvious and logically justified conclusion would be like an individual member of a jury arguing that when determining guilt or innocence, each piece of evidence must only be considered individually, not collectively. In addition to thousands of pieces of circumstantial evidence, which should be completely ignored and in no way used to support the core pieces of evidence presented. <clears throat> then, to adamantly insist that nothing presented was evidence at all, because in their opinion, unless each piece of evidence could stand alone as 100% proof, it should be 100% removed from discussion. Now, in closing, as you contemplate what we discussed tonight and what you've experienced throughout your life, and as you progress towards a conclusion regarding your own existence, you must analyze all these pieces of evidence and ask yourself, is it more reasonable to conclude that a God must exist in order for you to exist or that you came into existence through random chance? From there, if you conclude that there is no tremendous leap of faith required to believe in a God, you must only rationally consider the evidence presented and determine which God is true, not if there isn't one to choose from. But my final point is that ultimately the creator does not need my defense for his existence is obvious. And I am humbled beyond the expression with the capacity of understanding granted to myself, to all of us, because if not for the mind given to me, the same gift that all of you possess, you just have to choose to use it. I can never have hoped to even gain a modicum of comprehension about my very existence, nor even known to search for it. I yield. Thank you so much, uh, Strate um, Stratelites. You can go ahead. Sure. I have a little bit of a different act. Um, Fundamentally, the key question with deism is you can take three positions. You can take the theist position, which is to affirm that there is a God, that there is an ultimate transcendent divine reality that grounds all of existence. You can affirm atheism, which is that there is no such ultimate reality. Or you can withhold judgment, which is the agnostic position. Of the agnostic position, there are two uh, two variations. One 
is personal agnosticism, that you personally are not making a judgment because you don't know which way to go or, or something like that. And that, that's an honorable position. Uh, I was a very serious agnostic of this sort uh, for, a mul uh, for a multitude of years uh, when I was a very serious skeptic. Uh, the other one is the claim or assertion that the truth of whether there is a God or not cannot be known. Um, this is not a personal position, and it's a philosophical one, and thus requires a philosophical defense just as atheism and theism do. Fundamentally, the acceptance or rejection of theism depends on two fundamental things. One, what type of reality you think that we live in, and two, what axioms you live your life by. Even if there, even if there is not sufficient evidence to make a decision of whether or not there is a God, everyone has to eventually in their life determine what type of world system or metaphysical system they're going to live in accord with. Are you going to act as though the world is ordered towards goodness? Are you going to act as though it is chaos and your decisions are the final arbiter of what is good and evil? And depending on the, the view you take of the world, you will be a functional atheist or a functional theist, even if you don't have an argument for what your position is. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. Um... Ask yourself if you want to go next or Troy, either one. It doesn't matter to me. Troy, do you have anything you want to say or do you want me to go? Um, I have a lot of things that I want to say. It's up to you, though. No, go for it. It's fine. Sure. All right. Um, first, I just want to thank again on Day Debate for having me and us and our opponents for engaging this debate. Um, right. So... A couple arguments were made in um, Maddox's introduction, and I'd like to just, first of all, well, I'll probably get some clarification on um, the exact premises later. I'm sure Isaac will have some questions about that. And some other arguments were suggested but not made explicitly. Um, I'll leave those aside um, until and if they come up. Um, so the first argument that was made was a sort of Kalam style argument or sort of cosmological argument. Um, he said the universe has a beginning. Anything which begins to exist has an external cause. And the conclusion, therefore, is that the universe has an external cause. Um, I think this argument is um, problematic in at least three ways. First, um, I don't think it's um, uncontroversial that the universe had a beginning. I'm not willing to grant that without further argument either scientific or philosophical. Second, um, I don't accept and personally would actually just deny the principle that anything which begins to exist has an external cause. And so I would look for more justification for that principle. And third, even if all of this is granted and that I accept the conclusion that the universe has an external cause, I would not accept that this cause can be reasonably identified with God, right? That there is a cause of the universe doesn't entail at least uh, on its face that it's minded or that it's powerful or that it's um, has any of the other attributes commonly attributed to God. Um, so those are my three primary concerns 
with that argument as presented. Um, second, um, the fine-tuning argument was suggested, but the premises were missing. All, all, all that was said was the constants of nature and so forth have to be in perfect alignment or near perfect alignment in order for life to exist. But there was no inference from that to the existence of God provided. Um, now, of course, I'm aware of how the standard inferences go. And so I'll offer um, some of my criticisms to the argument anyway. Um, my main, there's many issues with this argument, but let's grant that the universe is fine-tuned. Um, that is to say, the um, combinations of, of like physical parameters, which are light permitting, comprise a very, a vanishingly small portion of all such possible combinations, right? I mean, all else equal, um, there's many more ways for the universe to be non-life permitting than to be life permitting. And you can look at specific constants, cosmological constant, whatever, certain, um, um, well, whatever parameters, is, at least a half dozen or so that people typically point to. Um, some, some point to more, but they might be reducible. Um, right. The theist claims, or the proponent of the fine-tuning argument at least claims that theism or the design hypothesis provides a better explanation for why our universe happens to be finely tuned in this way rather than not. But um, I don't see why this is the case. Um, put it one way, right? You're going to offer an explanation of um, why the universe is life permitting rather than not in terms of God's creative actions or and perhaps his intentions, his desires, something like that. Um, but if we ask, well, presumably a God could make any sort of universe he wants, right? Why is it that he made a universe like this? Or why is it that he desired to have a universe with life? Um, if he just chose at random, then it's just a matter of chance. And that's no better than a similar non-theistic hypothesis. If it's, on the other hand, if it's built into the theistic hypothesis that God is disposed to create a universe that's life permitting, um, then it's either a man, there could just be a matter of necessity that God would create a universe like this. Um, well, that's no better than a, an analogous non-theistic hypothesis on which a life permitting universe is necessary. And, and whichever just like sort of probabilistic distribution you provide for um, God's creative actions and, and how um, likely he is to create a life permitting universe, the exact same sort of hypothesis could be provided by the non-theist without a God there in the first place. Um, and so, I mean, if this point isn't clear, we can explore it further. But the idea is the theistic explanation offers no additional explanatory power in, it to, in addition to any corresponding atheistic one. And it happens to also come at an ontological cost. You're also just pausing an additional entity. Um, um, and so the point is, well, these atheism is at least as good as theism um, with respect to fine-tuning with this in mind. Um, there are, of course, other issues with fine-tuning, but this is the one that I want to focus on here. This is even granting that there is fine-tuning, which I think will be contested. Um, then it was also mentioned that there is 
fine-tuning of the planet or solar system. Um, this is another argument that was presented without the sort of additional premises needed to infer God. It was just all he stated was something to the effect of the sun and the solar system has to satisfy certain criteria for life to exist on Earth. And that's it. I didn't hear any sort of inference from that to therefore it's designed by God. Um, now I could imagine some inferences you might make, but um, I don't see why this is a good argument. First of all, because it's not the same sort of reply that was given to um, fine tuning is, is, is applicable here as well. Um, but if you already have a universe that's life permitting, right, um, then life will arise should it arise wherever it can arise um and so it's not surprising that we find ourselves in one of those places where life can arise this is sort of uncontroversial anthropic reasoning i would say um and so i don't think there's anything more to address on that um what other arguments were made let me just see here what's our timer at carissa uh you're still at 8 40. cool yeah i'll just go a couple more minutes and then if you want to go um Oh, I have barely anything to say. Just want to see where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, yes, there was some argument, or at least claim, made about a worldview without God would require the suspension of rational thought. Um, uh, this just seems to me a baseless claim. I'm not going to address it unless some further arguments made. Maybe it's some sort of argument from reason, like C.S. Lewis style. I don't know if we can explore that if that's what you have in mind. But I'm not going to address it or make an assumptions about your argument. Um, some claim about how our view of the world was made about how our view of the world is between God and, and random chance. I don't see any reason to think this is a true dichotomy. But again, no argument was made there, so I'm not going to press that further. Um, another statement was made that, that God's existence is just obvious. Again, not an argument, not granted. Um, and then finally, uh, Andrew made a point about the positions we can hold on, on theism. Of course, I agree. Right? The theist affirms that there is a God, the atheist denies, and the agnostic withholds judgment. And sometimes you have um, more fine-grained versions of, of, of these positions. Sometimes the agnostic thinks that we can't know, for example, or sometimes they just withhold judgment. Um, and that's all fine, not an argument, though. And But then he said... Well, for Andrew's sake, point, we, we may want to clarify which variety of agnostic we are, which true. is the, the first variety. Yeah, yeah withhold judgment because... At least by my lights, I've not um, become aware of, of a good reason to think that there is a God or, or that there is none. Um, that's the basic idea. Um, I just want to say the other thing that he said was that it's something to the effect of at some point, um, we all have to make a choice about which picture of the world is correct or, or, or how we're going to live our life, right? Um, as a sort of functional atheist or functional theist. We're going to live as if God exists or as if God doesn't exist. Um, first of all, I, don't, I mean, I could grant this. It just seems irrelevant to the debate. But second of all, I don't see why I would grant it. Um, I could go my entire life um, questioning whether it's um, whether God exists or not. Um, you might say that, well, okay, if you don't go to church or pray or actively believe in God at any point, we, we'll just call you a functional atheist. All right, whatever. That doesn't seem to, um, there's no skin off my back. I was, so what? <laughs> you can call me a functional atheist, but I'm still an agnostic and it's not an argument for theism. Um, Isaac, if you wanted to. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you've you've hit all of the 
Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to hit everything from an opening statement. They can be lengthy, obviously, but yeah, I mean, you've hit a lot of the major points. So I think all I'll say is just a, a point of process really. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would, I'm just curious to hear, um, what the argument is. I understand there's a lot of arguments here. So, um, maybe if you guys would pick like the argument that you think is because any of these obviously can become the entire debate, right? Like some of these, like the Kalam, like there's whole debates out there, series of debates on a single premise of that argument. Right. So obviously it'll be kind of a, a bit of a, like a shit storm if we're um, trying to keep all of these on the table. I, I assume everyone agrees with that, but I think what would be best um, is, yeah, if you just chose the argument that you think is strongest, or if you think that there's a range of them that are strongest, maybe just randomly select one from that range. And then, uh, yeah, just give us some, you know, premises and a conclusion. Obviously, you know, it doesn't have to be formal. We can, uh, you know, kind of work towards something formal if it's not there already, or if the inference isn't clear, and then we can just, uh, you know, just explore it in good faith and see where we get. All right. And with that, we'll go ahead into open discussion. So go for it. <laughs> sure, I'll go. Um, I have a few uh, points to make. Um, uh, first is actually on the approach of agnosticism that uh, Troy especially seems to be making. He specifically continues to ask for more justification for each premise presented by Maddox. Um, he has also asked for more detailed definitions of God uh, and pointed out that the conclusion, even if the Kalem argument is sound, isn't necessarily what God is. Um, and uh, several points where he says, I don't see why this is the case. Uh, the, the fundamental issue with this approach to skepticism, as opposed to a search for defeaters or providing defeaters for arguments, is they can be uh, raised against literally any argument. Um, the ancient Peronian skeptics actually thought this was one of the weaker forms of skepticism and recommended being able to know arguments on either sides of the issue instead. And, and the, the issue is, by using this mechanism, you're not actually necessarily coming to the truth, right? Because a, a key part of human judgment is actually your will. And you can always will yourself to increase your skepticism and questions of things or say that you don't understand or, or, or increase the level of understanding you need before you have confidence. Um, there was also a point that that Troy uh, gave about how, how basically the fine-tuning argument isn't satisfactory because it's plausible that the world that provides for life or intelligent life could emerge from random processes. And and I'm just going to give an analogy to show. Show, pardon? Did I make a mistake? Well, that that wasn't my claim, but you can finish and I can address it after. Well, for, uh, in, in the uh, interest of just being reasonable, like if, if we mischaracterize your position, feel free to cut off, us off and we'll do the same. There's no point addressing positions sure. the other guy doesn't hold. So why don't you just give well, him well, whatever well, the clarification I'm, I'm is, gonna, Troy? I'm going to interject here real quick. The So, Troy, your entire response and the multiple assertions that we just didn't go far enough in the arguments and such, you literally fulfilled what I talked about would be your response and is the standard response of agnostics and atheists, but especially agnostics in the context of these types of conversations. And 
it's like you even admitted you understand the expansion of the argument. We've got a 15 minute opening statement and your counterpoint is, oh, we didn't really dive into it deep enough when while simultaneously recognizing per your own admission that you understand what the argument is. So I'm not really sure how that makes any sense whatsoever in terms of a supposed counter to uh, what was being presented. Can you yeah, so a couple of things? Yeah. Well, so a wait, wait, things. but before, before we do all that, okay. it seemed like Andrew didn't get to, it seemed like he was trying to raise a point there. What, what, and yeah. you, you cut in to correct something. Why don't you correct? Yeah. Let's, let's keep it on track. Why don't please, you correct what you were correct. correcting and then let him continue his point? At some point, I, I want to get back to that, that meta point you made about skepticism, which I think is very interesting. But um, the point about fine tuning, I was not saying that it's um, plausible that um, the fact that the universe is life permitting um, came is, is a result of just random chance. I'm, I wasn't claiming that, that was a, a plausible account. I was just saying that it's no worse than the analogous theistic explanation, right? You could say, um, you could have this non-theistic account of how the universe came about by random chance. And you could have a theistic one, right? God just chose to create some universe at random. Or you could have um, the, the theistic account in which God is disposed to create the universe um, with life. But then you can have an analogous non-theistic account that gives you the same result, right? So, uh, so let me restate it in my own words so that I'm sure, sure that I understand your point. Do you, you believe that there is an equal footing of plausibility between theistic and non-theistic explanations of the li life-granting universe? Well, at least as has been presented, right? No, no argument has been presented to think that the theistic explanation offers additional explanatory power or is more plausible for other reasons. Okay, so, uh, okay, so, um, so it's about explanatory power is your, is your primary well, point? So what it comes down to is um, typically when people make this sort of fine-tuning argument, it's the look at probabilities, right? What is the likelihood that we observe this fine-tuning given the universe was designed and what is the likelihood that we'd have that same data given that it wasn't designed they'll say that the ratio of those two things is incredibly high a prior on the design hypothesis is not incredibly low and so when we conditionalize on that evidence we have warrant to believe in the design hypothesis and what i'm questioning is those conditional probabilities that the the expectation of fine-tuning given theism and, and non-theism um and that just goes okay. to the point I was making. Sure, could, sure, uh, sure. So, so let me attempt again, because this is very important to the point I was making. Yeah. Uh, the, there, there are two possibilities, right? Well, there are three possibilities, right? The universe came by chance, by necessity, or by design, right? Yeah, I, I, part of my point is that those, that's actually, in a sense, not really a trichotomy, right? Design itself is itself going to be either a matter of chance or necessity as well. And that was really the whole point of my no. response. No, it can be, it can be, it can be, uh, it can be by choice, right? Right, but, but that, what that, God that, chooses that, that's is the itself going to be a matter of necessity or chance that God chooses to create a life for No, universe. no, it's, it can be by choice. Yeah, I just don't see that this is a genuine alternative, right? If we ask, what are the chances uh, uh, that God uh, would choose so this? So let's, let's get to my med point. Troy, this is my turn, okay? 
you are literally rejecting one of it with no basis, right? And you're just rejecting it instead of answering the uh, the argument. And can, this can is I the ask, fundamental thing that, that I... Sure. Sorry, I just... I, just I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to cut off, but um, just since we're clearly focusing in on the fine-tuning argument, can we just make sure we're on the same page about what the argument's premises and conclusion are? I, assu I assume we are, but would you be able to just give it as premises and conclusion so we're clear on that, Andrew? Well, first of all, I am not agreeing to focus on the fine-tuning argument. I'm more interested in the meta points of agnosticism as a system for finding truth, personally. Okay, well, we're, but, we're not going to. Uh, sorry, uh, just let me say something. We're not. We're not going to force you onto the fine-tuning. Then let Let's just hone. Hey, Google, shut up. Sorry. Let's just. Uh, let's. <laughs> sorry. Let's just select something to hone in on, though. You, do you want to have a conversation about? I don't know what okay, you mean so by the meta points, but is that what you'd like to kind of zero in on? Uh, so, uh, Troy, uh, yes. let's first summarize Troy's point so that's understood, and then I'll I'll continue on on my point. Okay. Um, but but wait reasonable? a sec. I don't think so. So this is part of the problem that I'm a bit worried about here. So you guys are the ones who are actually making a claim here, right? So we do want to be clear about what exactly the argument is, and then we're happy to analyze from there. So I'm just, can we just get the argument? Sure. With My claim yeah, okay, is that awesome. agnosticism is not an effective way to avoid error fine truth. Okay, that's that a claim. That is my claim. But I, I mean, I assume like you, you said you have like math and CS degree, so I don't, I don't want to, you know, belabor the point if you obviously know this shit, but can we get like an argument though, instead of the claim, just with like premises and a conclusion? Because the claim is the conclusion. Uh, sure. Right? Yeah. Sure. So, well, fundamentally the... The, the point that I was making earlier on is the approach of agnosticism of continually asking questions and continually doubting things and rejecting a trichotomy as false without giving a defeater can be done to anything. And that is thus not an effective way for finding truth or error because it can be used for anything. Now, I think, I think we're going to... You, you can, Troy, but I mean, I just, I think we're going to run into a problem here because I, I tend to irritate people with this, but it really, it really is like a sticking point for me. I need to understand what the inference is that you're making. Can we just get like premises and a conclusion? Sure. The, uh, give me a like, so, Sorry to, I'm not trying to be obnoxious about it. If you want well, to sure. think and like yeah, Maddox yeah, wants to make well, some points, you know, we're, what, we're, and, yeah. while, you're think, while you're thinking about what, what position you want to take, this, ladies and gentlemen, is the standard move by Ask Yourself. He's going to try and get to a... Argument. Uh, he's going to try to get sorry, something... Sorry, had to, he can, my bad. He can attempt to <laughs> nitpick into nuance and suspend all plausibility um, in terms of his counterpoints and somehow be able to argue that nothing that is presented can possibly lead to a rational conclusion based on the preponderance of the evidence. I mean, you do this in all of your debates and it's obviously you guys are attempting to do this again in this context. So that, that, that's all we're getting, going to get down to. Whatever position is ultimately taken, this is why I made the entire point in my opening statement that you will try and nitpick a, a microcosm rather than look at the macro. So as a agnostic... And so one who's and two people who supposedly have considered this, do you guys actually look at things from the big picture and look from a, from multiple arguments, or do you only hyper focus on one? And unless it can by itself prove or disprove God's existence, you dismiss them. 
Can I, so, I address that quickly if you want. Um, I, I, I think that you fall into a bit of a trap by addressing it without actually getting a clarity on what the argument is. I know Andrew's playing fair. He's trying to ask you a direct macro just, question. Just, so try just to answer. To, just to, well, well, no, right? There's a problem with that framing, which is if you can you claim, there's a, you can claim that there's a framing sorry, problem, but you, I can make sorry, I can Maddox, make sorry, let, let sorry. ask yourself finish and then you can respond. Carissa, we've right, we're, so we're falling asleep. You, the audience is falling you, asleep you, listening sorry, to these guys. Sorry, so let's sorry, let's actually sorry, get into real. Yeah, let, let ask sorry. himself finish so, his question and I need, then ask seconds. I'll be right back. Okay. Um, yeah. So just to just to be clear, no, the reason that the question isn't being answered is because you're making a claim. Right, we're expecting an argument for the claim. If you believe it, there's nothing additional you should ask. What I just ask asked you was not right? a claim. I asked argument. you a direct question about your approach. No, I, I didn't. You to clarify. That's a straw man. I didn't say that what you just I asked, asked you to clarify. No, no, no. I didn't say that what you. I asked you to clarify your position. Sorry, so you're straw manning me. I'm asking your position. Can I please clarify the straw man? Can I please clarify the straw man? So I didn't say that what you just asked was a claim. Right? Questions aren't claims. The claim. And why are you acting like I'm making a claim when I asked a clarification question? The claim I'm talking this about. Pretty is simple, not dude. This... Can you answer? Can you clarify your it position? Seems, you're asking me, seems, you're asking me to clarify all of my positions. It seems, it seems like clarify you don't yours. want to allow me to speak. So to Stop be clear, dancing around and answer the question, I, dude. I'll answer it. Sorry. To to be clear, what I referred to as your claim is the claim that you're making by being affirmative on uh, this debate, which is the claim that God exists. I didn't call the question that you just- We already established all this stuff. Hello, 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 hello buddy. Con just just calm your tits, point okay? And then we'll get to you. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that you can manage to listen and deal with a critique instead it's of trying to over- It's now 8.52. Here you go, here you go. You're gonna just nowhere. try to over talk. Is this your strategy? Why don't we get into the arguments, okay? Please I stop being evasive. I literally can stay quiet for 10 minutes. Please stop being evasive. So just to be clear, the point, what I referred to as your claim is the claim that one makes by taking the affirmative in a debate like this, which is that God exists. I was not, I repeat, was not, as your straw man suggested, referring to the question that you just asked as a claim. Further, what I said about the question was that it need not be answered because since you are making a claim, presumably you have a justification for it that's independent of whether I can answer some question or not. Now, finally, I'll just wrap up by saying, I think Maddox is a bit of a little bitch, but this other guy, Andrew, seems very reasonable and fair. And he seemed actually interested in providing an argument. So you know, Troy and I are very good faith. If you want to, if, I don't know if you've had time to think up premises and a conclusion, but if you want to give us something rough, and if it's not quite together yet, we can help reach something formal together. Obviously, we're happy to do that. Uh, yeah, we'd be interested to hear it. And just, same goes to you, Maddox, right. if you actually want to make an argument. Well, Sorry, I'm, since I just got called a bitch, I'm going to respond to that. So um, again, are you going to answer my question? No. The, the clarification question, which I asked. No. So well, you're going to refuse I, to answer questions for clarification, but insist that's that I answer all of your questions. I'll uh, answer no, your question. No, that's not that's not what I said. I mean, that's I said, kind of the position I, that you're you're at, no, you're, you're, you're taking. Another in, terms, no, in terms of that's, actual you're, outcome, you're very difficult to talk to, right. dude. That's not. I what literally I said. kept my mouth shut for like, ten minutes that's and let not, you guys go back and forth not, and get to nothing. That is not what I said. What I'd like is just an argument for the position, right? And Troy, I know you want to say something, but okay. don't you think don't you think that it's worth get? Because the thing is, if you reply before they give an argument, right, it's going to turn into a cascade. They'll have something to say to that, and it's never going to get clear. 
why don't we just like, is it really that hard? Why don't we just clarify what the argument is and then talk about the well, argument? Well, I, I took it that he had a sort of sort of meta question um, about our approaches and what might convince us, right? The question was something like, do you require from us an argument which by itself conclusively shows that God exists? Or would you be okay with, I don't know, maybe a cumulative case that together is sufficient to show that God exists? And um, if that's the question, it, um, as, uh, is, that you meant, um, if the answer is, of course, yes, I'm, I'm good with a cumulative case. Um, I don't require that, you know, fine tuning uh, be enough to show that God exists in order to accept it as a good argument and it might move so, maybe some evidence, which with other arguments are sufficient to warrant belief in God. Right? But I'm objecting to that here. Uh, okay. Uh, that the, was that the question my... that you had asked? Is that fair? Or, or did I misunderstand? I'm literally falling asleep with these responses. Let's continue. Some, okay. some real good tracking there, buddy. Andrew, why don't you? Uh, you guys, don't, you, since all you guys do like is dance around and don't here. actually answer any questions or allow these things to progress. Well, we're, we're trying to have a good so, faith conversation so with it, the guy. So it takes, who's an, not so it takes an hour for you guys to moron, come. To, right? Oh, the guy I'm who's a fucking not moron. Okay. A so you're sitting here dropping insults. Not a raging fucking moron. So you're the you're the guy that's dropping insults, calling people bitches, and I'm the asshole. Okay, got it. Complete idiot. Makes sense. Sorry, Andrew. Why don't you proceed? Not until you apologize to Maddox. I will not apologize to Maddox. Um, if that's the end of the debate, that's okay. But I would be interested to hear um, what the argument is. Um, really, I don't feel like my time is worth dealing with someone who is so disrespectful. Um, okay. So is there anyone who wants to make an argument for the position? Or uh, are we just calling it there? I'm good. I'm happy to talk about some of the the approaches that I've seen you've used. Would you like to hear about that? Not even remotely. I'd like an argument. And I took it okay. I took it that it sounded like you were playing fair at the start, but now it sounds like we're gonna deal with some bullshit, right? Like if you have an argument, we'd love to hear it. There are a few things I wanted to address, but especially about the agnosticism thing, but um, we can talk about that if, if you're down. And you know what, Andrew, let, let's 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 make a formal argument. Okay, so um, is it reasonable to conclude that arbitrary data value assignment for a prescriptive information data set can come into existence without the prior action of an intelligent agent? That is a question. That's not an argument. Another failure by Maddox. I, I can Do ask you have a an argument. I can ask a question. And you if guys you have an argument, we're happy. If you have an argument, we're happy to hear the argument. <laughs> so you can't actually you answer questions? If you think that your position is justified, it is so independent of my answer to some random question, right? What's the justification? So, so you refuse to answer questions? Wait, 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 wait. Absolutely. That's, wait, wait. This is actually a very interesting point. Uh, ask. You said that it's going to stand regardless of the questions you ask, right? But when you are able to ask questions, it seems as though you lack confidence in it. And the thing is, you don't have a position of philosophical agnosticism, but personal agnosticism. So if we're going to be compelling or convincing to you, we're going to have to know what axioms you already hold. No, that's just a... What I want... Look, I mean, I've been, I've been clear. Let's, let's just see if we can get on the same page or not. Can we get an argument from you guys, or can we not get an argument from you guys? That's all I want to know. It sounded like Maddox wanted to give an argument a second ago, but then he failed and asked a question. Andrew, I if take you, you give an argument, the, I, I take if you, you to give be an the, argument, I'll give an argument. Well, uh, 
what an argument? Why do you expect me to give an argument for agnosticism? Because you want me an argument, right? And yeah, frankly, you're making the claim. Obviously, we're not making a claim. If we're sitting here not holding a belief, right? A belief's a propositional attitude. The proposition so about the God. The, sorry, the proposition God exists is not something that we're saying we believe or believe to be false, right? You believe it to be true, so we're looking for the argument for that proposition. Okay, what are you going to give me in exchange for the argument? I don't I don't know why you'd even ask something like that. Do you have an argument or not? Like, yes, what is, I why is this why is this so difficult? I mean, I don't I because, don't understand. Well, frankly, Can we just hear the argument? Can we just hear the argument? Not unless you give something in exchange. Okay, well, I'm not planning on giving you anything, so if you don't want to make an argument for the position when you're making a claim, then I think I would just leave it there. Troy, I Troy, really you encourage you not to humor this. I really think that we ought not humor this and ought insist on an actual argument. And so if the ladies BS and gentlemen, will not we have, provide what, an what argument, boils down so to, then I would just standard end agnostic there. idiots who don't Sorry, can have we the get ability an argument? to make actual can we, dialogue. Hold on, ask yourself. They want to, they want to dive let into. Let finish what he's saying here, and then we'll go I'll back to you. For a while, but all right. All this is, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not talking to you. Ask yourself. I'm talking to the audience. So again, audience, we have exactly what I predicted in my opening statement, which is two. Uh, soy boys who have the inability to actually reach conclusions for themselves. They do not have the CO Jones to actually have back and forth dialogue. They want to look at something they can potentially nitpick and say, oh, it doesn't equal P. Therefore, I can come up with some outlier hypothetical that completely debunks your point without looking at whether or not from a macro oh, they're, they're not even coming up with conclusion. They're just asking for more information and acting as though that this is a reason not to believe the claim. Um, Let's can can we please just be clear? So, will okay. will you present an argument or not? That's all I want to know. It depends on your behavior, fundamentally. Okay. Uh, all right. Can we get How an answer to you, the question? Isaac? How old are you? <laughs> why Why would anyone see this? Is just this is such a waste of time. Because, like, I we, feel came like here, I'm we came here for a, a like, serious discussion. We in, came like, here hoping to actually. Is it that much? Is it that much? Really just say we'd like to like hear so an argument and then but have a conversation about it. and didn't have any real understanding of the real world. Uh, so it's just, how, it's again, just infuriating. You're just so sitting there not arguing. I mean, what, your little, look, your little you're just sitting there not arguing. Like what like 22, is the argument? So I think we're kind of. It seems to me like we're kind of at an impasse where. Yeah, of course we're at a fucking impasse because we're sitting here trying to have a good faith conversation. And we can't get a fucking argument out of these guys to do any analysis on. Of course, we're at a fucking impasse. We want to have how a many formally debate. structured arguments? We want to have a proper How many formal arguments that are completely structured? You claim zero arguments and were presented. We how many did I name? I named seven. I named one. seven formally recognized arguments. Oh, okay, 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 Which okay, one no, do please, you want to go please. after? What? Okay, great. Thank you. I, I, like form, I, I mentioned I, seven. Hey, so pick one and let's go. Hello, hello, great. Now, if you want to select whichever you think no, is no, no, you select, you select, as, good boy, you select. As I said earlier, as I no, said you earlier, select. As I there's seven earlier. to choose from. Well, Go. One, one second. I said Can earlier. I just pop in as, really fast, um, Maddox? Would you would you be able to just reiterate any one of your arguments so that? Wait, no, 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 no. But there's a problem when you say any one, right? What we want is give us the strongest one. As I said earlier, give us. No, the strongest no, I said one, pick or, one. Or if no, you wanted arguments. Are, I'm now or, forcing you to pick or, one. Hello, pick cosmological, hello, teleological, hello, contingency, fine-tuning, moral, listen, or abiogenesis. Pick one. Now, now, 
if multiple arguments are equally strong in your view, then just select at random. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Nitpick, nitpick, nitpick. He, he doesn't actually have the balls to actually so. attack any individual one of them. He won't actually pick just one. Pick, I'm literally pick giving you the opportunity to pick one. No, I don't. The whole reason I don't want to pick one is because it's because I want you, you don't have I the balls to actually to make select, any decision. Is the point I'm making about an agnostics? The one agnostics that is are the cowards. Strongest in you, you your dance mind, around acting idiot. like you have some sort of high ground. I want ground. you to pick You're a the coward. one that you You're think is the strongest, or if a few of them are tied for strongest, then select at random between those. We want the strongest one. That's why we're asking you to pick the one that you think is strongest instead of picking for you. It is not complicated. Now, which do you think is the strongest? Or if some of them are tied for strongest, just select at random between those. Yeah, I'm happy to select one. Do you have, or do you have one in mind? Well, uh, let's just let's let's just make sure. Does he wait? Does he think that they are equally strong? Because we want the strongest case, right? We want the strongest case. We don't want it later to be, oh well, I, I wasn't giving my main argument, right? Which is which is the strongest? Or if some of them are tied, select one from the subset of arguments that are tied for strongest. My personal one is life. Uh, Andrew, which one would you like to go? Uh, what do you mean by strongest? Do you mean the one most compelling to me or more, one that I think is most compelling to you? I think I would mean most compelling to you, just the one that you think is, yeah. Uh, oh, so, yes, I, I would talk about it to you. Sorry? Sorry. Direct. He's breaking up. I think I think he's yeah, saying he direct apprehension. Like some apprehension. sort of sensitive hentitis or something. Direct that apprehension. Can... That is the most powerful ground I can see in your analytic in its clarity to me. Okay, so do we want to go with... Well, I didn't hear which Sorry, one Maddox put forward. No, we heard you. Direct apprehension of God, although it's not clear if that's an argument, but... Now, if um, do we want to go with uh, what I forget what Maddox said, but with the argument he put forward, or do we want to go with one Andrew put forward? I mean, we're we're happy again, and sorry if it got heated. I just can't stand the dodging. But if we're gonna have good faith conversation, we're very very, very happy. Shit, to. Cuss people out. Stop! Here like we go again. Here we go again. Here we go. We're trying to have a proper conversation. You fucking idiot! You utter little man. Little man. How old are you? Let's let's just get clear. Are you twenty one? Are you we almost yet? we almost got there, you brain dead fucking moron. We, we almost go. got oh, brain, to the stage that we had okay, an cool. argument oh, yeah, that we yeah, were yeah. gonna awesome. discuss, awesome. and now you're fucking it all up. Okay. <laughs> so do we wanna go with okay. the whatever can, it was that Maddox mentioned? Do we wanna go? I'm not there's not an argument, that's a question. Do we want to go with the it's argument that Maddox had mentioned? Sorry, do we want to go with the argument that Maddox had mentioned, or do we want to go with the one Andrew had mentioned? We would love to zero in and have a proper conversation about an argument. Mm. I mean it's up to you guys. You know what, actually, which, guys which would you I'm, like to go with? Andrew, I'm I think I'm done with this, man. It's bitching this, out. This is not running away. So it's it's nine o'clock. Yeah, run away. Run away. To, we could go to questions. Run away, Maddox. We could I'm go having questions. questions. I've been quiet I would, for like would, 20 minutes. I would I vastly know. prefer if if we could have a proper conversation about an argument, right? This is just, if you go to questions, it's just them kind of 
you know, they you never had to defend anything. You don't have to actually have dialogue at all. You're just rambling about me. No, you don't have the capacity to have dialogue, as you... I predicted. And by the way, I predicted this before okay. we went into this. Do we this. want to go you, with all Maddox's arguments, or do we oh, want to go with Andrew's arguments? I'm going to look at this nuanced little We're thing. We're trying to get to the stage of actually talking about an argument. You don't even have the mental fortitude to actually have conversation. You're in another dimension, buddy. What we want is just clarity if we're talking about your argument or Andrew's, and then let's get right into it. So do we want to go with your argument or do we want to go with Andrew's argument? You guys choose. It, you're, it's you're presenting the argument. No, you're the ones that are why don't, picking. Why, you let's pick see, one. Let's see. Maybe maybe Andrew will do it. Andrew, would you would you rather uh, we select in on Maddox's point or you want to talk about your point? Do you have any preference? Uh, my prefer my preference is for everyone to, as best as they're able to, control their passions and not swear at each other. Okay. So another another non-answer. It's just an, it's infuriating to deal with this. Look, I haven't. Do we want to talk? I'm very. So you can drop insults and think that Do we, do we, do we want to talk thoughts. about Maddox's right. argument or do we want to talk about Andrew's argument? Go Such ahead, talk about question. my. Okay, so yeah, sure. Just give us premises and a conclusion for the uh, direct sure. apprehension argument. Uh, well, direct apprehension is the ground. The the best argument that I know of is the argument from contingency, which in oh, okay. very short sure. form is there exists at least one contingent object. If there exists one contingent object, there is God. There is, therefore, there is God. That is the very short form of the contingency argument. Now, I know Troy has been waiting to get in here, but I very much wanted to just get a clear argument. So we're talking about the contingency argument. Um, I'll let you take off, Troy. Give me one second. Okay, I guess I'll take the opportunity to get some water then. biggest waste of time. All right, my apologies. Um, yeah, there's a few things um, we could discuss at this point. I kind of did want to go back to the meta point about the agnostic approach and how oh, no. I think Andrew said Please don't tell me well, you're going to undo all of the progress that took me like 20 minutes to make there. Well, we finally got a clear argument. All right. If you want to go for the, the uh, that approach, um, sure, we can do that. I'm fine. I wanted to address the claim that was just laughable about agnosticism. Um, that is, in some sense, just like some sort of skepticism or something, Peronian skepticism or otherwise. Um, that's not what it is, right? The agnostic need not be um, a skeptic either in the academic sense or in the sort of methodological sense. Um, they just... Sure, you can withhold judgment irrationally. That's true. Well, it's your claim that the, the withholding of judgment is irrational, but that's on no. you to demonstrate. No, there are circumstances where it is rational. Well, you're, no, I mean, obviously, I mean, <laughs> in this case, right, you... My withholding judgment oh, no, is rational. As I said in my opening remark, it can be an honorable position, and it's one that I held for many years. Of course. But you're saying that um, 
for me to hold it now is irrational. Given no, that. I have no idea of your epistemic state, so I can't make that, right? Okay, well, then I don't see what issue you have with agnosticism as a position itself. Um, then we can oh, the I don't have a, I don't have an issue with it as a position. I fear that it's misused as a canard by people who want to reject deism or religion, um, who are not earnestly agnostic. Oh well, then I'm. I hope that you accept that I am earnestly agnostic, and that we can just honestly debate the arguments, and so we can proceed from there. No, I'm happy to assume that. Very good. So, um, where were we going? Were we, did we want to discuss your uh, direct apprehension argument, or did we want to go back to the Kalam? He, he clarified. He clarified that he doesn't take direct apprehension to be an argument, and he thinks this. Correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but he thinks the strongest argument is the uh, contingency argument, right? Correct. That, that's one that I find the most clear. Okay. Um, do you want to state it? Uh, sure. There exists at least one contingent object. If there is at least one contingent object, there is God. Therefore, there is God. Um, so contingent here, are you using in the sense of dependence or in, in the sense that it might have not existed, like logically speaking or metaphysically speaking? Um, that its existence is not part of its own essence. Oh, okay. I, I don't... Um, well... I don't, <laughs> okay. Well, that's a whole other kind of worms. I don't um, accept that whole metaphysics, but, but before getting into that, I wanna ask why we would grant that the existence of something that is contingent or um, that doesn't exist necessarily um, entails that there is something that exists necessarily. Is it sort of a Leibniz sure, thing sure. or something more optimistic? Uh, sure. So let's go ahead and look at the two possibilities, right? Or the, the, the possibilities. Uh, one is that there are no, uh, uh, there are no um, necessary existence, right? So uh, the, the issue there, and well, we'll, we'll go the, the, the way that I look, look at it, right? The whole of all objects itself uh, must be either necessary or contingent, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the key thing there is if that itself is necessary, that would imply that each one of the components are necessary. And we already said that the component we're looking at it is contingent, so we have a contradiction. So the whole of exist the, the whole of all the existing things can't all be uh, necessary in itself. Similarly, if we look at it and say that it's all contingent, that implies that there must be something outside of the existence of all those objects, which itself is necessary. So uh, basically, if we go down both horns, we either end up with a contradiction or a pointer to, to an ultimate reality that is beyond the, the contingent objects that we know. Okay, a few points. This is basically just Leibnizian cosmological argument, right? You have this big conjunction, big conjunction of contingent facts, right? Or at least CCF. Yeah, right. Um, I don't even want to get onto the set theoretic objections. And it's not even going to start with that. Um, oh, I love set theory, yeah. so that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I d well, there's some objections that 
the number of contingent facts is, is in a sense too large to be in a set, but I don't, we can just grant that there is a set or, whatever, or that it can be re represented in some other way. It's not important. Um, my main two criticisms of this argument how, how are, sorry, I'm, I'm not gonna, I, you cut oh, out of me, but again, no, not, what's your right. Um, my, my two main issues are one, this uh, mm -hmm. assumes a principle of sufficient reason that I do not accept, or at least I'm not, I'm not convinced. Oh, okay. And second, um, uh, even granting it that there is some necessity. Well, wait, no, just let, let him get his other point, point across first. And, and sure, second, sure. I could grant the whole argument as without some of the other arguments um, that there is some necessary fact or, or some necessary entity that this fact is about. Um, and it doesn't seem to me that we get to theism. Um, and so uh, more work would have to be shown, uh, done to show that this necessary thing or this necessary fact involves or entails the existence of a God. So and the pushback, to be necessary. clear, just make sure I'm tracking you well, you're pushing back and saying you're not convinced of the PSR. And mm -hmm. additionally, it's not clear that even if the argument from contingency goes through, we actually reach the proposition that God exists. Correct. Sure. Um, so my response to that is if you reject the PSR, then you can't cabin uh, actual brute facts. And so searching for an explanation for any state of affairs is in some sense a fool's errand because for every state of affairs, including there is a God, it might be the case that there just isn't any explanation for it. Um, and at that point, it makes it a little confusing why you think that looking for valid arguments is going to prove something, because you are asserting that it is possible for the state of affairs to have no explanation. Yeah, so two things. Um, I don't think... So, the, I could think that the PSR is false just because I think that there's one unexplained contingent fact. Um, that doesn't mean... Uh, or entail that I think that any matter that I look into scientifically, philosophically, whatever, um, is likely to have no explanation. Um, that's not at all entail. Um, for example, sure, sure. But, but the, the issue is, is you can't cabin that one fact, right? There's no criterion that you're able to use to determine what does and does not have a possible explanation. It might be the fact that you think that everything has an explanation except this one, but that that actual belief itself doesn't have an explanation. For example, it, it could very well um, alter your own epistemology because you were claiming that this is logically possible. So it, it, uh, can I a, just ask a question here? Uh, just what do you mean by uh, cabin? What's that term mean? Uh, it means to constrain it, uh, constrain it to one domain, basically. Constrain it. What, what would it mean to constrain a fact to one domain? Sorry, I just don't understand uh, what's being said there. Sure. So the principle of sufficient reason says that everything has an explanation, right? Mm -hmm. If you reject the principle of sufficient uh, reason, then you're saying that not everything has uh, an explanation. But there is no mechanism for you to determine what does and does not have that uh, an explanation. And so any state of affairs can have no explanation. That's what it means to not be cabined, that 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 lack of explanation is not isolated to one factor or one domain of facts. 
so does does cabining there refer to like kind of like special pleading for which facts have explanations like is that kind of what you're getting at these have explanations and i'm not giving any account of why uh sorry repeat that in different words i didn't track it also just ask troy before i do that for you are, are you following the language of cabining i don't know if that's standard language i've never yeah heard so that there's before. there's there's a standard response from like approves and others you know in defense of the bsr that um you can't you can't have a sort of restricted psr because um well for a variety of reasons but it you, you can't oh, ca cabining re refers then to just saying the PSR right, applies a, to a subset of a a proper domain, subset of facts. Yeah. It's a certain domain of facts, or, or um, it, would that be fair, Andrew? I just want—I I want to make sure I know what the words in your argument. Yes. Mean. But yes. It, it refers to saying the PSR applies to a proper subset of facts. Correct. Okay. Sorry. Now I got you. Please, please continue. Right. So. Um, one concern there that I could grant, but doesn't seem to be particularly problematic, is that there's an epistemological issue, right? Um, it would be difficult to show that um, the PSR is true only for this domain. Um, but that's an epistemological fact. It could be true all the same that is, it is applicable in that domain. And um, so what? I mean, that doesn't seem to be so. Well, but that, but that that's our fundamental axiom here, right? That we're trying to have a discussion to determine whether or not there's an argument for God that's plausible, right? And if you're uh, in order to defeat the argument, claiming that some things don't have explanations, then you are in some sense giving up the game and saying that, well, you're not able to give an ex a argument for God, but it could be that I should believe in God with no explanation, and that, that that's actually a requirement. And so that's the issue that you're going to run into if you reject the PSR. The issue that, sorry, could you repeat that? That it may be right to accept that God exists with no requirement, uh, no... Yeah, yeah, because basically what you're looking at, it, it sort of implicitly is... Uh, uh, and and maybe I'm wrong in this, is that if you find an argument that is comp sufficiently compelling, you will believe in God, right? Let's uh, take that to be tautologous, yeah. But by rejecting the PSR, you're stating that it could be the case that you should believe in God, even if there is no argument. I'm not granting... I mean, if, if the could there is functioning as a sort of epistemic modality, right? Um, I'm, well, I guess I would grant that in the most extreme skeptical sense, right? I, um, but, I mean, um, for practical purposes, I'm not, right? I think that if but, I am but, to but, rationally believe in God, it is on the basis of reasons and evidence. Right, but you're also rejecting the PSR. Which well, I'm is... at least skeptical of its truth. That's the point. Okay, but but skepticism can be willful. I mean, the, uh, you can be skeptical of the, the law of non-contradiction. You can be skeptical of your own ability to know truth. So sure. that, that that's a, a universal defeater. It's a vorpal sword. So if you're using that to defeat the argument for God, 
then then you should have a to be consistent at least you should have a, a similar amount of skepticism to your own senses or your own ability to use logic yeah i don't see why that follows right that i'm skeptical of this claim this principle doesn't seem to me require that i be skeptical of those other things um well no but you're not required to be rational either okay so yeah, well, but then you're giving up the game, right? Because you claimed earlier on that you wanted to um, believe in God based on rational premises. And if you're yeah, like, well, I don't have to be, I don't have to accept these other things. Uh, and uh, I agree, you don't have to, but to do so, you have to do it in an inconsistent and irrational manner. Right. So I... If you're claiming that my rejection or at least skepticism of the, the PSR is itself irrational or inappropriate or inconsistent with my other beliefs, then feel free to show how that's the case. Um, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you reject the PSR, but you believe that the only rational way to uh, believe in God or the rational way to believe in God is through argument, right? Sure. Okay, so if the PSR is true, that means that some things are true without explanation, right? If the PSR is false, then some, yes. Uh, uh, if, if that's the case, what if God does, the PSR is false, God exists, and there is no argument for God? Then I wouldn't be able to rationally believe in God. But... Uh, but that that means that rationality doesn't find truth. Well, it means that um, there are certain things outside of our epistemic grasp, sure. So in that case, why are you looking for arguments? Well, because people claim that it's in, it is within our epistemic grasp. That's why we're listening to you. Right, but those people now. don't reject the PSR. But it doesn't make a difference if they do. Unless they think that the, um, the PSR being false entails that they can't, or at the very least don't have, um, that there isn't any argument. Well, if the, PSR is, if the PSR is false, then that is on the table. That is a live option. Right, but presumably we're not, none of us are taking it to be likely. I, I think that if God exists, um, probably, at least in principle, we could have arguments for God. People claim that there are arguments and I'm willing to, Consider them. But, but that would mean that, that you're the, not skeptical of the PSR. If, if it turns, no. And if it turns out that there aren't or can't be any good arguments for God, um, which, by the way, could be true even if the PSR is true, um, then you just, we can't rationally believe that God exists. I don't see so what that, relevance that, this that, has to the discussion but, or to the PSR. That, that's, but the, that, that's very interesting definition of rationality, right? Because that means that we can't rationally uh, believe in logical axioms either, because there are no arguments for them. So, right. They're, uh, they're accepted a priori. So, so yeah. it's interesting to me that you're defining rationality as such a narrow ability to basically find things through argument. Right. But and so, if you're truly an agnostic searching for God, perhaps it's the wrong tool. I'm not using agnosticism as a tool, but if you're talking about rationality as a tool, I, I'm here, talking about rationality. Rationality, rationality just in broad strokes. I'm just talking about, um, you know, coming to conclusions on the basis of reasons. Right. Um, 
Well, in broad that, terms, that, right? That's, but that's not exactly what you're talking about, right? Because you reject the PSR. I'm at least skeptical of the PSR, but I don't see why that's inconsistent with that approach. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, we'll use an example. How 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 do you believe in the logical axioms then, right? Well, I, there are tools I use in logic and. Um, mm -hmm. Do they find so truth? Forth. Do they find truth? They're it's useful tools for deriving true conclusions. Yeah. Okay, so um, then the question is. Uh, so the, the, the key question is, are you using a broad enough approach to find out about God by only using that tool set? What, what tools? I don't, I'm not, I'm confused. Um, Rationality. The question is, uh, the, the right, uh, go from axioms it, to, to conclusions, right? Your question is something, is this what you're getting at? Like, oh, I'm only taking a limited number of things for granted, right, in my or whatever foundations, whatever, and maybe those things I'm taking for granted aren't enough to get to God, right, by argument. Is that, is sure, that or, or, or even the things you're taking for granted might be false, right? And if they're false, right. then it won't be reaching true conclusions. Right, that's fine, um, as far as it goes. How I mean, <laughs> so, so, well, here. How is it fine? Because then, then you can't actually validly criticize our proofs because your tool set isn't sufficient for finding errors. So two things. First, um, mm -hmm. if my sort of most basic beliefs, right, or foundational beliefs, I'm not a foundationalist, but it doesn't matter. My most basic beliefs or foundational beliefs are false, um, then in some sense, this debate may not be possible, right? We can't, you may not be able to convince me of the falsehood of those because I don't, those are just my precisely points. right precisely um, that 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 is a, a, just a general issue with um debates between people with fundamentally different views um and i think there's a lot to discuss there i think that's part of what you're getting at about the earlier point about skepticism um but i'm not convinced that that's as serious as you hear right when we're discussing like the kalam mm -hmm. the modal ontological argument the moral argument whatever else the you know um the genetic code and, and semantic uh, notions of information, whatever else you want to talk about, I don't think it seems that we have enough common ground that we can reasonably debate the premises. I could be convinced something being true or false. Um, it doesn't seem that right, our differences in most foundational beliefs is going to restrict um, progress in that regard. But it actually does because we came to the PSR that, that I used in my argument, which you were skeptical of or weren't willing to hold as true in this context. And that, that if, if not a foundational belief, it's like a pivot belief that, that affects a lot of your other epistemic network. Yeah, I'm not sure that it does, right? Again, I gave an example. Well, it could be my view well, that... There's one well, well, it does back. because the universe it allows you to, uh, by being skeptical of it, it allows you to be skeptical of uh, my argument from contingency. Well, since I affirm it, I necessarily have to uh, uh, accept the the conclusions of it. That's the. Well, wait, that's the I'm only skeptical of the of the argument because I'm skeptical of the premise. It's not as though like I'm because I'm skeptical of the PSR. I'm also just 
skeptical. Are you sure about that? Something more foundational about the argument. Are you sure about that? Right? Because yeah, as far the as way I can that tell. well, the the way that belief networks work, and it's really fascinating part of human psychology, is that we're always able to sacrifice a less important belief to maintain a, a more important belief. And and this comes from our ability to adapt and learn. But if you have too much importance on, say, being skeptical of the PSR, then it might lead you to make the wrong sorts of decisions of what you're skeptical of. Well, I'm, I'm not, I don't place particularly high importance on being skeptical of the PSR. I mean, I, I'm just not convinced. Sure. So, so that is, and there's certain problems. That right. But, but that there is, there's problems. There, there's almost certainly other beliefs that you're very uh, uh, have strong importance on, uh, which allow the PSR to flip or be more or less skeptical depending on the circumstance. Um, I don't know. This is going to be a irrelevant psychological fact. Um, maybe. Um, oh, well, well, of course, it's relevant. I'm not sure why it's relevant to the argument that you're making. Well, but but it's entirely relevant because you. Uh, and ask are personal agnostics, right? And so mm -hmm. the, the psychology of belief is foundational to the, the entire strategy that you and I should take to this discussion. I'm not contesting that um, what we believe is gonna be relevant to the discussion and how we believe things, whatever. Um, it just seems to be a not central though right i mean no it, haven't, it's, haven't we kind of gone off the rails though because i thought yeah. the idea was we get the contingency argument and then the pushback was twofold that it's not convinced of the psr and even if the argument goes through the conclusion isn't that god exists but why are we not talking now about what the argument is to accept the psr why why are we not there should, well, like, I mean, uh, but let me ask troy for a second troy do, do you not also think that's where we should be or is there something that i'm missing here well, I think he's been trying to give something in that direction, um, but then we've well, gotten off the rails into something more about our psychology of belief. Which yeah, like seems... is is there like an argument for accepting the PSR? Well, I think he was well, trying to say something that like, like denying it or at least being even being skeptical of it maybe undermines the whole project or knowledge or something else like that. Yes. Uh, I mean, fundamentally, this is the issue, right, is that if you're becoming skeptical of the PSR and don't insert it important, it's a good indicator to me that something is changing in your belief network to protect some stronger beliefs. Wait, but that seems like some psychology thing. Like, yeah, what's, again, what's the actual reason to accept the PSR? Uh, it's true. Right, but that's just repeating that's not a reason the claim, right? We're looking for the reason that right. we would accept that proposition that it's true. Sure. The, the reason that you would accept it as true is that you have the correct combination of the discursive reason and ability to perceive truth that you would accept it, right? And so this is the fundamental question is what do I need to do to change your belief network so that it's functioning properly? And Wait, but that's, that's more psychology, the, though. The reason what? we have to accept it is that there are reasons that we can have to accept. I get just repeating the claim that there are reasons to accept. It, yeah, I think I think because I've been sitting here kind of quietly listening for a while, and I it just I kind of was wasn't sure I was even tracking for a while. There, to be totally honest, but I'm just I'm just trying to assess where we're at, right? And it just looks like it looks like you give the contingency argument. Troy pushes back on the PSR and another point. We'll forget that for a second, and then 
there doesn't appear to be an argument for the PSR. Like, could we just request premises and a conclusion again, where the conclusion is the PSR is true? Uh, well, but that's what the entire cabinet thing was about, right? Is that if you are skeptical of the PSR, then uh, looking for arguments to accept things is much narrower in its ability to find truth. And in that case, why are we even engaging in this? Can, can, I, can I try to, so but would it be like a modus, would it be like modus tollens basically? Like if you reject the PSR, then our ability to find truth is narrowed, whatever exactly that means. It's not the case that our ability to find truth is narrowed, therefore the PSR is true. Is that the argument? Uh, fundamentally, yes. Okay. Sorry. So, I mean, I... Well, I don't, I don't see much point in rehashing. I already... I think provided a good response to the um, that consequence of denying the PSR, or at least being skeptical of the PSR. I don't think it involves a substantial narrowing in our ability to find truth, right? I, I could think that the PSR is false just because there's this so, one so, contingent fact sure. that's unexplained. And, 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 the and it's, them... it's, it's worth considering, it's, it's also no. worth considering what exactly, as I said when I tried to state the argument, it's a bit ambiguous what narrowing of our ability to find truth means. Like, is that just supposed to mean oh, there, the, 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 is that, sorry, just, just to be clear, does that just mean sure. like of the set of uh, propositions, the amount whose truth value it's, logically possible to find out is reduced is that what it means for um there to be a narrowing of what truth we can find uh, specifically i'm referring to the ability of argument and a discursive reason to find truth so but just, if, sorry I, I, just I, to be clear though if if you say our ability to find truth is narrowed if we if there's a big set of propositions out there is the idea the amount whose truth value where it's logically possible to discover is reduced? Is that what it means for there to be a narrowing of our ability through to find truth? Reasoning, yes. Through discursive reasoning, yes. Well, 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 sorry, that's that's weird. I don't really know exactly what that means. So if the PSR... Reasoning is the type of reasoning that you do from axioms or premises to conclusions through logic. Okay, so the... The argument, what it's really saying is if the PSR is false, then the set of propositions whose truth value we can discover through inference is reduced. It's not the case that the set of propositions whose truth value we can discover through inference is reduced. Therefore, the PSR is true. Is that fair? Yes, that 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 seems fair to me. And what are what are you offering in response to that, Troy? I'm like I'm not tracking exactly what you're saying to him. So, um, well, first, I, I guess I, along with you, would still be looking for a little bit more clarity on what it's meant by what you said. Our ability to find truth is limited. Um, I think because I'm familiar like with some of the clear enough, here. right? Like he's, yeah. it seems like he's saying, yeah, it's just there's a set of propositions out there, and the amount whose truth value we can like get correct i guess through inference is reduced right. it's smaller than it would be in a possible world where the psr is true like i think that's the idea so i mean i guess i'll repeat it for the third time um this uh, isn't i don't see why we would accept this right like look i could hold that the psr is false or at least think that it might not be true because there's one 
or just some small number of um, contingent facts or facts that have no explanation. Maybe I think that the universe itself is some brute contingent, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I might think that everything else, right, all the other facts that we explore or try to find explanations to are not uh, brute, that they do have explanations. Why does this, I mean, sure, this is a slight narrowing in the things that we could know. I mean, there's, there's no nothing to know about why the universe exists, for example, but it's not going to undermine much. Uh, it's like everything else is sure, still sure. available to be explained. That, that, and also, isn't there an assumption here that um, the the things are knowable given that we're able to make inferences? Right? Couldn't it be the case that regardless of whether we're able to make inferences or not, the same quantity of things would be knowable? I mean, I don't uh, want to throw it off, though. We can... I don't know if we want to go down that road. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to jump in real fast. I'm really sorry. I just want to be respectful of everyone's time. Um, and it is getting to be a little bit late. We still have to go through questions. So if we do yeah. want to go ahead and wrap up this point, and then we can go on to questions if everyone's all right with that. Uh, sure. I felt like we were getting, I just getting to, make, to the, yeah. I'll just make one quick point. Um, Andrew, you asked for a um, reason to be skeptical of the PSR. Um, mm -hmm. Well, beyond just you know standard reasons to be skeptical of anything, right, not being convinced of its truth, I think one reason to be at least dubious of it is 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 the consequence of modal collapse. Right? I don't think um, at least certain versions of the PSR where explanations have to be entailing um, entail modal collapse. Right, everything turns out, every fact turns out to be a necessary fact. There's no contingent facts at all, and um, that's a consequence. Yeah, I, think I don't, I don't find that compelling. Is implausible. Right. Well, yeah. wait, wait, wait. when you say you don't find it compelling, do you think? is because modal collapse isn't concerning or that you think it doesn't entail modal collapse? Um, I, I don't think that, frankly, modal collapse is coherent. Um, Wait, but that wasn't a direct answer, though. Are you a necessitarian or do you think that there's a way to accept the PSR without ending up at necessitarianism? Um, fundamentally, I think that necessitarianism is uh, a semantic issue rather than an ontological one. That uh, sounded not. Can I? Sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but like, yeah. do do you are you a necessitarian, or do you think there's a way to accept the PSR without um, getting committed to necessitarianism? It depends on what you mean by necessitarianism, fundamentally. Um, that yeah, everything or... is true. Every true fact is necessarily true. I assume you'd give the same framing there, Troy. Correct. I mean, we may want to qualify. Well, are we talking about logical necessity or some metaphysics or something else? But th that's yeah, the modality, right? Right. Uh, yeah, and that's the fundamental thing, right? Is I end up uh, dividing up the modalities differently than than modern metaphys uh, metaphysicians do. Well, that's that's fine, though, Andrew. Like, if you're a necessitarian, then you know, say so and specify the modality. You're talking about metaphysical possibility. Well, you're talking about logical pot. Sorry. But let me give an easy example without, I mean, do you think it's um, that you could have not um, entered this debate? I, I definitely could not have, in, well, from what perspective? Well, right. and wait, well, wait, you said, uh, wait, but earlier he said with fine tuning, he invoked will having an impact on the outcome, right? Is that sure. not... Could you? Could people will otherwise? Now we don't want to get into a big free will thing, but do you? Do you take it? Oh, you don't like that, Troy? I mean, it seems it seems well, like if you're in, invoking that, you're you're suggesting that things. Uh, no, I, don't I, need... I 
I made that noise because I was reminded of that point earlier about um, when I said that design is not a genuine alternative to chance and necessity, and that was never really resolved. We can come back to that later. Well, because I, I don't want to go to off the rails on free will. It just seemed like an example that would be yeah, against so, necessitarianism so because if you can bread, will otherwise, bread. then sorry. Uh, since we're running low on time, please pick one last question you want me to answer. Well, so I'd ask the same question. Sorry, Troy. <laughs> I, I'd ask the same question I asked a few times there, which is, are you a necessitarian? So do you, so here's, here's, it's kind of like a little series of questions. Like, firstly, are you a necessitarian or do you think that there's a way to accept the PSR without ending up at necessitarianism? And, you know, if so, specify what kind of, because presumably there's ways you can do that if you weaken the PSR enough, right? Specify what kind of PSR you're using. Then we have to see if it still works with your contingency argument. But then on the other hand, if you are a necessitarian, specify what modality you're referring to. Are you talking about logical possibility, metaphysical possibility, whatever. So are you necessitarian or not? And then there's a follow-up on either pathway. If you are a necessitarian, then what kind, what modality are you using? If you're not, then how do you get from, how do you accept the PSR without ending up at necessitarianism? Uh, well, uh, this is probably not going to be satisfactory to anyone in this right now, but uh, fundamentally I'm an epistemological necessitarian that uh, certain facts become necessarily true uh, in the in the contingent reality, um, d depending basically on your perspective, right? So a necessarily true fact to an infinite observer might not be the same for a individual observer, right? Who is finite. I don't know if that made sense. What well, just what to, is it? it what, so whether some fact is necessary or not is at least in part a matter of perspective is that what but, you're but it's also not clear i still am not clear if he is affirming necessity like are all facts necessarily um well it's, necessarily it sounds like he's it sounds like he's what does this have to do rejecting with the conversation of theism and the debate what it what it has to up? do is that yeah i can walk you through it what it has to do is the argument was a um contingency argument contingency arguments assume the psr PSR is often going to entail necessitarianism unless you weaken the PSR. So Andrew's either got to be committed to necessitarianism, or if he's not, then we have to understand what PSR he's actually using to avoid that commitment and whether that PSR, when considered in the context of his contingency argument, can still get him to his conclusion. I assume you agree with all that, Troy? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if if ask yourself in Troy, if you guys want to um, kind of um, wrap this up, we can go into the question and answer. Since the Christians did start off, you guys can end um, end it, and then we can get to questions if that's good with everyone. Well, we, we are particularly so closings, or you want to do? We're doing questions first. Well, she wants closings first. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Men are speaking for women again. This is hey, it just seemed to keep oppressing Chris. It's really bad. I called her. I called her Hunter's wife when I first met her. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so, sorry. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. So, um, look, if in, in terms of closing, we're, we're very friendly agnostics as much as we, as much as I may yell. So you guys can have, I don't care if you want the last word, frankly, but I would just give basically what I just said. So it took, it took a little while to kind of come around, get a clear picture. I was not in all honesty, following some of the back and forth between Andrew and Troy, but I think I have a picture of where it's at. So from my perspective, this is what it looks like. Okay. It looks like we ask the theists, what's the strongest argument you have? Um, for God's existence. The response we got, at least from Andrew, I don't want to commit Maddox to his view, but from Andrew, we seem to get the response that it's a contingency argument. So contingency arguments assume PSR. So we ask, do you accept necessitarianism? Because strong PSRs lead you to necessitarianism, right? So if he accepts necessitarianism, then there's kind of a further question of like, what do you mean by necessitarianism? What modality are you using? Are you saying that all propositions have the truth value they have in that's logically necessary that they do? Are you saying it's metaphysically necessary? And then that'll open up a whole can of worms about whether metaphysical necessity makes any sense. And then um, on the other hand, if he thinks that he can accept uh, the PSR without getting to necessitarianism, then there's the question of, all right, well, what, um, what kind of construal of the PSR are you using? And since obviously it's going to be a weakened PSR, if it's not getting you to necessitarianism, well, then is that PSR, when considered in the context of his contingency argument, still going to actually get him to the conclusion that he wants to get to? So that, that's what I'd say. I, I don't know if you want to add some shit in there, Troy. Right. Uh, that's all good. Um, I think there were some other concerns about the PSR that I think um, not explored fully, but I think I gave some reasonable responses to. Um, and of course, um, well, it turned to this, this argument ended up dominating quite a bit of the discussion, but uh, let's not forget that there were arguments presented in the beginning that um, I responded to as well, which themselves were not explored at, at significant length, but um, the Kalam as well, uh, the Kalam fine tuning, um, I presented some of my concerns to. Um, some other arguments were mentioned, but not um, elaborated fully. Um, the fine-tuning of the solar system, the ontological argument, uh, moral argument, um, the argument from life for a genetic code, um, other stuff to that effect. Um, those weren't really made in any detail, so we didn't end up discussing those. But um, And there were some meta points brought up in discussion as well. Some. Um, about agnosticism itself, a point of skepticism, point about um, just general epistemological approaches um, that again, important topics that we didn't have the time to discover, uh, discuss uh, at, at much depth and a little bit off track, a bit too meta for the discussion, uh, in my opinion, but um, we didn't have time to get into a lot of that. And finally, um, yeah, I, I'll just say just in some, I don't, I think my responses to the arguments that were made were appropriate and fair and that um, a strong case for theism was not made. I think that's a fair assessment of uh, the discussion, but the discussion is incomplete and much was left on um, unexplored, um, but <laughs> is what All it is. Right. Well, yeah, we are going to have to get to, to um, questions here. Um, Don't I these guys get a closing, though? Yeah, to, normally it's just like a, a point. So, um, you know what, Troy, if you want to go ahead and say something, go for it. I know that 
I feel really bad. I know Maddox has to be out by 11. Um, so Maddox or uh, no, Troy. No, I, was saying, I was saying we have to wrap up this portion of it. But gotcha, then. gotcha. Troy, uh, Maddox, if you if you want to say something, typically we'll have the um, the people who started. Um, I guess the people who did not start first end. So, um, well, they just did closing statements. Right. I know. <laughs> so it's typically it's not even this, if we don't even do closing statements, we just like wrap up on the point. So, you know what, um, Troy, if, uh, Maddox, if you have anything, do you to mean say, Andrew? You keep you saying Troy. Andrew. Do you mean Andrew? <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, Andrew. Correcting. Maddox. Yeah. Again, here I have, I have one sentence for everyone listening and who participated. May that which grounds your existence do the very best for you. Why, thank you. (laughs) Maddox, do you have anything? The only thing I take from this is, uh, and everybody's talking about this in chat, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. It's because the... um, My opponents have been talking about how we didn't present any arguments but that is not what we said i'm talking that that is too blatant a straw man well you can let me finish we we courteously give you the last sentence but we did not say that we talked about an argument for the last hour but sorry whatever go ahead so ask yourself do you have the capacity to actually keep your mouth shut when other people talk go for it maddox Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. So the point I was making why I've kept my mouth shut for the last 20 minutes was, and uh, Troy actually just made this point about how we didn't get into arguments. And the point I was going with all that is the position was also taken that they weren't expanded upon, even though in theory, people with, at least on the surface level, the depth of philosophical knowledge that you all have know what the roots of all those arguments are, and they're already well-established. So then to want to go into this never-ending uh, rabbit hole of figuring out exactly which uh, position is taken on all these subpoints, uh, how do you actually expect to have real substantive dialogue in the overall question of whether theism is reasonable, whether or not there is evidence for it, if you won't even actually get into presentation of the evidence in, that supports the top-level arguments, logical arguments that are already well established. And that's the entire point uh, that I was trying to make earlier when I kept getting interrupted by ask yourself specifically when you refuse to answer a question about for a clarification question in relation to evidence. But then we're told that we don't present any evidence when the agnostics refuse to actually even want to listen to the evidence. So anyway, that's all I have to say. Um, congratulations, guys, on embodying what I predicted would happen. And uh, I'm going to have an after show if anyone wants to come. We can actually have some uh, real conversation rather than a bunch of myopic crap um, interruptions from uh, not you, Troy. You're actually pretty good. But ask yourself, uh, immature little boys. Yeah, you know, getting into discussing the uh, the details of the hey, argument. I, 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 get, I get last Andrew, word, bro. I get right. last word ready. All right, let's do some questions. All right, yeah, let's go for it. All right, first question is actually for Maddox. They say, um, I'd love to know Maddox's view of Alden's argument from necessary number. Let's talk about it in the after show. All right. Um, next question is from Neon Noir. They say, Juda- Judaism and Christianity was Christianity created out of the Jewish religion. 
Um, I'll give a very controversial take, which is that both uh, modern rabbinical Judaism and Christianity arose out of the religious milieu of uh, first century Palestine. Gotcha. Um, Next question is from Lehman. He says, at the theists, if if humanity ceased to exist, does God still exist? Yes. Yes. All right. Imagine a theist who would say no to that question. That would be something new. Right. (laughs) They'd be a Jungian modern. If the theistic God exists before the formation of the universe and therefore before the formation of humans, then why would it be remotely plausible or logical to conclude that if we didn't exist, the entity which created us would not? That makes no sense. Gotcha. Next one is from Soldier of Science. He says, as an atheist, it is difficult to take seriously anyone who labels themselves an agnostic. Everyone here is an agnostic. I don't really understand uh, that. Uh, let me, I think I know. And what's that mean? So probably what, probably what he means is when he talks about being an atheist, he just probably using the lack of belief definition, right? I'm an atheist. He's an atheist because he lacks belief in God or cause. Um, but that's not how we're using it, I think. I'm taking atheism as a positive position, right? That there are no gods. And agnosticism as like the um, uncommitted, right? The yeah holding judgment and 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 i'll add in that i don't i don't care about really that like language debate if someone just labels yeah yeah, like if someone uses atheist for in the lack of belief definition that's fine my personal preference for uh the kind of like threefold like atheist is god doesn't exist theism is you know god exists and then agnosticism is not having either belief um i just i just think that's useful because then you have the whole scheme you don't have this like overlap going on which you get if you use the lack of belief but yeah it's not like there's an error happening if someone uses that term they can if they want to no it's just linguistic practice i'm glad we agree what what a nice what a nice moment all right next question is from the fitness ministry they say maddox and straight as a christian you guys are not having a good faith discussion present an argument and discuss it stop focusing on irrelevant details at this point in the debate i will Thank go you. on record and say i think overall that was far more true of of maddox and andrew i think a lot of the conversation from my perspective was good faith from andrew well the discussion on the cosmological argument was okay i don't think yeah once was, we got into the was arguments was great frankly in my opinion well, my answer to that question or that uh, position is, Troy, you're welcome to come to the after show and have a conversation. Ask yourself, you can, but you'll probably be on mute most of the time. <laughs> cool. Thanks. All right. <laughs> Next one is from Philip. He says, Maddox, can you explain why, what is cowardly about saying I don't know? Why would I take a position on something that I have no argument for either way? Well, if you're going to take the position that all of the evidence and arguments that people do make um, and that huge portions of people conclude is correct and then claim that even though all these people can form a conclusion and they just can't, that somehow our conclusions are not uh, worthy of consideration and can be just dismissed without actually questioning whether or not they are actually uh, doing true analysis have the capacity to or are just consciously refusing to uh, 
do true in-depth reasoning beyond the myopic uh well it's are you taking the position that agnosticism generally is cowardly or are you just a, are you in agreement with andrew that you could be a completely you know noble agnostic you think all agnostics are cowardly? Is that like universally quantified? I, I, th I think the majority of modern agnostics, uh, yes. Okay, majority. It's not, yeah, not all. So there is noble agnosticism on your view. I mean, yeah, but I, honestly, yeah. I think with the level of access to knowledge that we have now, um, if you take the time to go and use uh, your IQ above the level of Forrest Gump, you can come to reasonable conclusions. I will strive so to the, one the, day. The access to knowledge is there. It's but, up to you to go and actually access it. But there are like philosophers who commit their lives to working in philosophy of religion. And right, and most philosophers don't actually think... go beyond the hypothetical and they're, the logical they're kind arguments. Of cowards, like though, you guys did they? tonight. All you guys wanted to do was go yeah. through this equals P or not P versus actually looking at the macro view of the different pieces of evidence, not whether or not it fits inside of your restricted <gasps> logical well, item. Lo logic the arguments on their own terms yeah we, we i i like analyzing the actual arguments and the logic hate like making fun of like logical nomenclature pretty cringe from someone no who, i'm, I'm actually know. all about um logic i'm saying that in context then what's your problem uh, with us exploring no, i'm saying that if you're going to try and have a macro level about our existence have to fit into a couple sentences then that. that's it's just strumming. a very very small-minded position of people who are too cowardly to look at things from the big picture yeah, I mean, that's just not a position anyone here took, but whatever, if you want to continue well, with questions. I'm pretty sure that's a position you took. That All you have right. to be able to sum up, what was it, sum up like our existence in a sentence or something? What, what was it you said? It's obviously hey, not hey, in the view I hold. That's sure. ridiculous. Let's go do it. Come on, let's continue. Sounds pretty retarded, but, you know, okay. No, okay. Next question is from Daver. He says, ask yourself, do you believe every human, man, woman, and child has the universal basic right to not be raped, murdered, tortured, or otherwise exploited? Yes or no, and be so kind as to explain your answer afterwards. Um, well, I guess it probably depends how we construe a right. So if, if that is meant, uh, if right is meant there as something that is like inviolable, like can never be trumped, then no. I think that there are circumstances where doing one of those horrible actions might be necessary for, you know, some some construal of the greater good, right? Like, you know, the, uh, you know, like war child who's like forced to rape his sister or his parents will be like decapitated before him, like orphaning him and his siblings or whatever. like, I mean, I'm not going to say that that's like wrong, right? So if, if right's supposed to be cashed out like that in that kind of a strong way, then I probably don't believe, I definitely don't believe in that kind of thing. I can come up with stronger examples. Like, you know, you have to kill someone or like a planet explodes. Like, obviously you should kill that person. Um, you'd be pretty evil not to, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, if, if it's a, a weaker thing, like, you know, just, just like there's a very strong consideration that we give to like not raping people, then like, obviously I accept that. Yeah. Gotcha. So it depends on the strength of, of what you mean by right is the answer. Gotcha, gotcha. Next one is actually from Maddox. <laughs> he says, when this dumpster fire gets done, after show will kick off in less than 10 minutes. Look for the link. Oh, the, the great flaming straw man. I'm picturing, what's that film with Nicolas Cage when they burn the gigantic straw effigy? That's like how I'm picturing the Maddox after show. 
Oh, I know it. All right. Was that Wicker Man? Yes, like Wicker Man. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> that was a funny movie. <laughs> Next one is from Igor Zenteno. He says, Maddox, can you fine-tune your beliefs into arguments next time, or are you too much of a babbling buffoon? Oh, my. I hope you never have kids. Now, I, I do want to clear up a straw man around whether Maddox gave arguments. We acknowledged multiple times that arguments were mentioned in the initial statement. Some of them weren't. Uh, given in a very like refined way, they're kind of just alluded to. We're more than happy to acknowledge that. The problem was getting Maddox to hone in on a specific argument for a discussion. And if you do want a psychological take, now that we're kind of through the debate portion, uh, I think that this like logic me, eight, not, like, not the, to you, the dis, number one. The, the and the, hey, look, if you want to answer one of mine, I'll let you do it. But just let me finish. First. No, this, this is I my think, this is my think, question I, directed at I, me. Well, okay, so I, um, okay, the point well, that I, you're I wanna, making, I'm going to speak after then. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. The uh, point that you're making, I've already addressed multiple times, and maybe you weren't listening. Um, do you know, as the in-depth philosophers that you are, do you know what the Kalam argument is, like the recognized one? I'm facing us or the person. Yeah, no, I'm asking you. Yeah, of course. Okay, so if I'm and the other seven that I referenced from a macro view. Um, are you familiar with all of them? Yes. You don't see the obvious problem that's about to come up here, Maddox. Uh, we went, and then we went into you wanting me to reframe the arguments that are already established. We didn't ask for a reframe. You we just, had, I, we just asked to be I clear about what framing and, you're using. No, well, I specifically started asking questions about it and presenting evidence in favor of. You then kept insisting that I create an argument, which I'm like, I've already mentioned the arguments. Re reframe implies changing the argument, right? And the obvious problem with restate. what you just said. Restate. Okay, okay. okay. sure, yes. If, if yeah. you- So, yeah, so you're right. gonna, so, but, so, but so just, you wanna sit there and get into minutia well, rather than wait, no, continue no, no, on but, dialogue. So, so anyway. Just, just one thing, I wanna make Let's the continue statement- on. As, I want to make the statement I was making before he came in, which it's his question, fine, fair enough, but I want to yeah, say that. So maybe you shouldn't interrupt next time, huh? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, I didn't initially interrupt you. I just started talking, but you know, yeah, but it wasn't your turn. Okay. Yeah. That's called interruption. Okay. Okay. Well, inter, I think you need to cut someone off to it, but, but you know, whatever. Okay. Um, so just one or two things there. So the obvious problem with what he just said is like, yeah, we can be familiar with the standard way that the Kalam or any of the, you know, typical like God arguments are created, like, you know, ontological, I, I'm not going to list them off, but often people have their own kind of like proprietary interpretation. Like, in fact, even speaking about contingency arguments, we got in it with Muhammad Hijab, uh, who's like prominent, like, a, you know, Islamic apologist a little while ago, Jack and I, and uh, he didn't understand that uh, there was a commitment to the PSR in uh, the contingency argument, right? So that's literally the argument that was run today and someone has a different construal of it. So the fact that there is kind of a typical form of the argument does not mean it's not worth clarifying exactly. Okay, so how when I asked, so when I started asking you qu clarification and, questions and, 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 and presenting well, just, additional can, explanation can I, can of I my position, what I was saying, you I demanded that I was not. Hold on, hold I wasn't on, doing hold on, that. Hold on, hold on. Ask you literally if, said I was. I was not doing that. One second. Ask yourself if you want to wrap up. Um, yeah, I'll be. I'll, I'll. I'll be quick. So, and then Maddox, so, I'll give you the last word since this is your question. Totally. 
awesome. That's that sounds good to me. So yeah, I, I was just saying the fact that there's a standard construal, it doesn't mean that it's not worth clarifying. And the, specifically, the reason that I like to clarify is because often, if you don't clarify what the argument is, and you show some huge problem, the person will say, well, that was never the construal I was working with in the first place. So it's just good to clarify off the get go. And then just what I was saying, originally, before Maddox came in fairly, whatever, it's his question, it's fine. Um, is I think that you know, Maddox, he keeps saying, I don't remember exactly what I was getting at, but it was something like this, right? I, he keeps saying, you know, he gets mad at the logical minutia. He thinks that it's so unreasonable for us to ask him to clarify arguments. And, you know, he hate, hating on logic, whatever. it's like all of that, or he, he said he doesn't hate on logic, but sure seems, seems like it to me. But all of that, if you want a psychological take for me, it, it seems to indicate someone who is worried about being pressed really clearly about exactly what they're saying because they have a sense that it might end up somewhere where they can't really justify their position so that's just speculation but that's how it strikes me that's funny because uh i think actually getting beyond the minutiae that i was referring to that's where you're a coward let's continue getting beyond the the minute you mean like once something gets once something gets clarified and then goes into the actual deep like exposition of why yeah, like the last the, hour the, the evidence for no there was yeah, a bunch like of back and forth where, where it got clarified and we talked about it in detail no gladly, no, in, in, no in context of which hour? things are what think what's plausible and like hey this here's what it is here is what the evidence shows and here is what is actually constitutes evidence and what is your position what is your position on whether or not it is evidence for or against god that is it being the requirement for existence All that's right. what i'm talking about and that's what you're afraid to actually address I disagree, but whatever. Next one is from Shaw Thomas. They say the only place on the planet where you will find proof for God is through this video. One, two, three, four, five proof of God. I've seen this this question before. (laughs) Nobody else has this information. Next one is also from Maddox. He says, as predicted, these agnostics do nothing but try to limit all discussion to rigid prop logic. So boring. That's a huge straw man. Okay, so that's clearly directed at us. So I mean, why don't we why don't we reply to that? (laughs) So no, that's that that's a that's a massive straw man by limit to to prop logic or whatever he just said if you play back this discussion right because this is this is a move that is often made because we often like people in my circle we take the approach of trying to get clarity on what the arguments are so often there's the straw man we need we need to name this fallacy frankly of trying to suggest that the other person is only satisfied if you have this rigid formalization of your argument right and the idea is you would be playing unfairly because lots of people just don't know logic. So even if they have like reasonable enough thoughts, you're just kind of fucking them over by putting this barrier to entry on the conversation that they can't pass. Like all of that is all wrapped up in one big annoying fallacy. Again, the obvious problem, if you just go back in this conversation and play what I said, you I think you'll catch me saying, and we're not insisting it has to be formal. That's how I always say it, right? Just roughly speaking, premises and a conclusion, we can help formalize it if there's any trouble with that. All we want is to understand, roughly speaking, and we're happy to adjust as necessary till we accurately capture the inference, roughly speaking, what premises you're starting from and what conclusion you're getting to. You don't have to give a rigid formalization. We can take it and work with it together to achieve a form that is valid, assuming the inference is ambiguous. If it's not ambiguous, we don't even need to do that. So it's a huge straw man. All right. Uh, next one is from... Um, Helianthus, they say, at ask yourself, 
Do you ever commit actions that you know are immoral? And if so, does being vegan um, ameliorate? I'm not familiar with that word. Ameliorate. Those, ameliorate those actions in some way. Just correcting Carissa yet again. The male supremacy <laughs> just okay. dawning here. Uh, the more um, you know, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, um, do well. I'm not sure that that's actually possible, given my understanding of what wrong means. So, like, I take right and wrong to just refer to our desires. Now, that's not a thesis about public language. It's just about how I use the words. What? what you gonna say something, Troy? You sound like you're about to shit on me for what I'm saying right here. No, no, no. Don't, okay. I wasn't saying so, anything. <laughs> your your inhale freaked me out. So. Yeah. Um, so when I hear, you know, like when I say I did X and X is wrong, right? Like I take wrong to mean against my desires, but I don't know that it's possible that I ever take an action that I don't desire. I don't, that doesn't seem to make sense to me, but if we took some other construal, maybe like, you know, actions that I, after the fact end up reflecting on. And then at that later point, it's no longer my preference to do the thing that was my preference at the time. But then that happens, sure. What was there a second part to that? Something about veganism? I didn't catch the end. Yeah, they said if so, does being vegan ameliorate those actions in some way? Um I don't see I don't know what actions they're talking about. Like maybe they mean like does being vegan help make up for like the, the support that I gave towards the Holocaust uh before I was vegan. Um I mean, I don't know that it make if that's what you mean, I don't know that it makes up for it. It's just not contributing anymore. Um, does it make like I, I make up is such weird language like sure it like offsets how much suffering you cause if you you know stop in one domain or something I don't, I don't fucking really know what they're getting at sorry if I can't answer that though well okay well that is actually all for questions tonight so um, oh, I want to thank all of you guys for for coming on and taking the time out of your busy day um, definitely tune in next week for the dino debate going to be super interesting um, but in the meantime keep on separating the reasonable from the unreasonable and have a wonderful rest of your night save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.